12, we'll jump right in tonight, Romans 12. I um, appreciate your faithfulness tonight. You know, most of our living for God is what He is doing for us. Can you say amen? Most of what us living for God is what He's doing for us. He saves us, delivers us, heals us, helps us, gives us strength, answers our prayer. Uh, amen. So we can all say hallelujah on that one. But when it comes to the will of God, there are things that we have to do. When it comes to the will of God, there are things that we must do. Our text speaks uh, about the will of God. One man said the will of God is everything, but not everything is the will of God. So I want to minister a sermon tonight titled Doing Our Part. Uh, Romans 12, we're looking at just verse 2. So do, uh, do not uh, be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me read it one more time. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, I'm asking you tonight, God, speak to us. God, reveal your will. God, the men and women, God, speak to hearts and lives concerning uh, the will of God as we uh, tonight are pursuing that, wanting that. God, I pray, help us. Find that God speak, I pray, by the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's talk firstly about the will of God as Christians. Our single and greatest focus and our greatest goal should be pursuing and fulfilling the will of God. Amen. Every believer here should have that on the forefront. I want to pursue and I want to fulfill the will of God. Amen. That should be our number one goal. There's a perfect will of God for the church corporately, and there's, a, there's also a perfect will of God for our lives individually. The Apostle Paul says to the church corporately, and he says to you and I individually, that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's a will of God for the church, there's a will of God for our life individually. They flow together, we know that, and... So I want to consider that tonight with you. But before we talk about what is the will of God for our lives, let's talk about how we find the will of God tonight. Can you say amen? The Bible says here that you may prove. That word prove in the Hebrew is persona. If I say it right, it means to find by experience. To find by experience. So what Paul is saying in our text uh, He's saying, as we read the Bible, as we pray, evangelize, give, labor, faithful in church, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God comes to us and finds us. As we simply experience God, as we're simply faithful to God, faithful in the house of God, the, the will of God finds us. The will of God will speak to us. Uh, uh, the will of God will chase us down, if you will. I've had people ask me through the years, how do I know what God wants me to do, uh, what God wants me to do, I tell them this, be faithful and God will make it known to you. If you simply be faithful to God, faithful to church, God will speak to you. Uh, the will of God will find you. The will of God will speak in your ear at some point. You will know. Exodus 2, Moses gets saved. Hebrews 11 speaks to this account, verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt. Uh, not fearing the wrath of the king, he endured as seeing him uh, who is invisible. So for the next years, Moses, in Moses' life, he becomes a husband, 
he became a father. He faithfully works leading, the Bible says, his sheep to the backside of the wilderness where the mountain of God is. And one day, as he's simply doing the will of God, as he's simply living life, uh, and no doubt on the backside of the desert, he's probably said a million prayers. You know how it is. Uh, he's praying. He's believing God uh, as he's simply living life, Exodus 3.1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jephro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. And he came to hear of the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, while the bush is not burned up. So when the Lord saw they had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. The will of God found him. As he's simply doing the will of God, or as he's simply living life, uh, being faithful to God, doing what he knows to do, uh, the will of God finds him. Uh, God speaks to him and gives him very clear direction what he is to do for the rest of his life. Luke 6, uh, disciples are faithfully following Jesus. In verse 12, it says this, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus went up to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve uh, whom he would name apostles. They're simply following Jesus in his ministry, uh, helping uh, out the Lord, whatever he was doing day by day. And as they simply did that, amen, the will of God found them. Jesus goes and prays all night, uh, and he comes back down, and the will of God finds these men. So as we see this, we simply uh, faithful to God, faithful to the, uh, serving him, the will of God finds us. You know, the Bible is filled with stories of men and women uh, that did the will of God. We talk about Noah, Abraham, just going to mention some names, David, Esther, Ruth, uh, Nehemiah, Daniel, Isaiah, Mary, Elizabeth, just to mention a few. My point is, though, if the, if, if the will of God found them uh, and they fulfill the will of God, so will it find us and we can fill, fulfill the will of God. These men and women had nothing special about their life. You read about them. They're simply concerned about the God. They're serving the best they can. And the will of God finds them. They fulfills that. So the truth is the will of God comes, uh, or when it does come, God gives us the strength to do. God gives us the strength to do what he called us to do. Look at 1 Samuel 17. David said to the Philistines, You come to me uh, with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you, take off your head from you. And this day all the, I will give all the carcasses, all your carcasses to camp to the Philistines, to the birds of the air, to wild beasts of the earth. That all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. So David uh, finds God. He says, listen, you come to me uh, with all this worldly equipment. I'm coming to you uh, in the name of God, the, the whom you've defined. So David is leaning on God. So my point is, uh, whatever God calls you into, he gives you the strength to fulfill that. Whatever ministry, whatever God has for you in life, whatever the will of God is, you will have the strength to meet that. Paul says in Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So God gives us a strength to fulfill the will of God. So if we simply stay faithful and serve, 
the will of God will find you. Isn't that encouraging? We don't have to do all these special aerobics, spiritual aerobics. We simply serve, be faithful, and the will of God finds us. So look, secondly, the will of God requires a transformed mind. This is where I want to dig in here a little bit. We don't have to worry about the will of God so much. You won't find us. I'm confident there. Uh, amen. But the will of God requires a transformed mind. Romans 12, 2, our text. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Knowledge, revelation, giftings, and talents are not enough. Let me say it again. Because so many people rely on these. Knowledge, revelation, gifting, and talents are not enough uh, if we're going to fulfill the will of God. If we're talking about the will of God, these are not enough. It's good to have some of that. It's good to be have some talent, have some revelation. Uh, we need that, but it is not enough. Matthew 16, 17. Peter has this incredible moment. Uh, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Excuse me. <clears throat> I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. That's an incredible moment. I mean, that's incredible when God tells you, when Jesus speaks to Peter. So listen, that came from God. You had a revelation straight from God. Peter, you have some revelation there, man. You're a man that uh, God spoke to you, but that's not enough. That wasn't enough. The calling, the revelation wasn't enough because Matthew 26, uh, 69 says this, And Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth, but again he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then Peter began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. He had revelation. He had gifting, but it wasn't enough. Amen. So revelation, gifting, talent, uh, these are not enough when we're talking about the will of God. Uh, we're going to need something extra. We can talk about Samson, empowered by God with incredible strength. Amen. Probably the strongest man who's ever lived. Uh, Judges 14.5. Samson went down to Timoth uh, with, with his father and mother and came to the vineyard. Now, he, to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him, and the Spirit of God came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart, as one would have torn apart a young goat, uh, though he had nothing in his hand. So Peter had revelation, Samson has incredible strength, but that's not enough either. Look at Judges 16, 20, Samson awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistine took him, put out his eyes, and brought him to Gaza. There they bound him with brown fetters uh, and became a grinder in the prince. So strength's not enough. 
So we're talking about things we need, but not enough if we're going to fulfill the will of God. We talk about the young gifted prophet uh, in 1 Kings uh, uh, verse, uh, chapter 13. And uh, behold, the young man, a man of God, came out of Judah with the word from the Lord to Bethel. Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make offerings. And the man cried out against the altar by the word, by the, word the Lord and said, O altar, altar. Thus said the Lord, Behold, the son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and he shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who make offerings on you, and human bones shall be burnt on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn apart, and the ashes on it shall be poured out. So the king, when, so when the king heard the sayings of the man of God, which cried out against the altar of Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him, uh, and his hand, uh, uh, which he stretched out against him, dried up, so he could not draw it back to himself. The altar also was torn apart, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king said to the man of God, Entreat now the favor of the Lord your God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored. And the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him, uh, and it became as it became before. So here's some men that had some incredible talent, strength, and revelation, but wasn't enough. Drop down to verse 24. Talking about this young prophet, this gifted prophet. And he went away, and a lion met him by the road and killed him. So my point is tonight, uh, knowledge, empowerment, gifting is not enough when we consider the will of God. Paul said there must be a transformation in the mind. Uh, if we're going to do the will of God, if we're going to fulfill the will of God, uh, pursue and fulfill, uh, the mind is critical. The mind has to be transformed uh, because how many people do we know that's banked on their talent, uh, the revelation or giftings uh, that are no more today? They backslid and they've blown it. Uh, they've hurt the church uh, because they've relied on these things. Paul says, uh, if we're going to pursue and do the will of God, the mind has to be transformed. This word transform means converted, to change one thing into another. So knowledge, empowerment, gifting is what God does for us. But transforming, transformation is something we must do. So we know that God gives us talents and abilities. We thank the Lord for that. Uh, the church is blessed, but we have something to do here. And Paul says you uh, have to transform your mind, change it uh, into something else. Uh, and I want to hit that note here for a moment. So a transformed mind comes as a result uh, of one standing against the rules, standards, and culture of this world. So if we're going to have a transformed mind, uh, how we get there, we're going to have to make a stand, again, against the rules of culture and the standards of this world. Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar made a, this huge image and said everybody must bow and worship as they hear uh, the music sound. And if you're not going to bow and worship, you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. How many knows this story? Uh, so... There's three men there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, uh, you do what you want to us, we're not bowing. Well, they, how did they get that strength? I mean, we're, we're talking about standing against a huge thing here. 
They're standing against Nebuchadnezzar. He's the king of the world at that point. What this man says, everybody does. Uh, he said, when the music sounds, you bow and you worship. Uh, but they said, no, we're not going to do that. So here's three men that stand uh, against the standard, the rule, the culture of that, at that time. Uh, and no doubt, everybody's looking at them, you're crazy, just bow. I mean, you don't have to mean it, just do it. You know, just bow down and, and just say a few words, let it go by, get up and go back to your bed. They said, no, we're, gonna, we're not doing that. They made a stand uh, against culture. They made a stand against the rule of that day. Uh, we're not going to do that. See, earlier in their lives, along with Daniel, they made this decision, we're not going to defile ourselves, Daniel 1.8. But Daniel purposed in his heart, along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, uh, nor uh, with the wine which he drank. So long before this image came along, uh, these three men and Daniel already made a decision, we're not going to defile ourselves. We're going to stand against the culture of this world. Uh, we're not bowing down to it. We're not going to embrace what it's doing. Uh, we're not just going to run with the crowd, but we're going to make a stand. We're going to live for God. That's a transformed mind there. That's a mind uh, that's been changed. That's a mind that's, uh, that's not like the world, but they, it's, it's a godly mind. So long before the image was ever set up, they had a transformed mind. And when the will of God needed the man to stand, they was able to stand. You know, the will of God is not how gifted, talented, knowledgeable you are, nor your revelation level, but will you stand for God and do what's right and heed the battle? The will of God needs that a lot more than needing to know how smart you are. I mean, when you stand, I'm not bowing to the culture. I'm not bowing to that uh, and you make a stand in our day, in our culture, against our culture. Listen, that's, that's what God needs right there. See, you have to decide a transformed mind today. Paul said in Ephesians 4, Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is something we have to do. You and I have to make a decision. I'm going to put off... Uh, the, the, the former conduct, the old man, uh, that old man that uh, pursued sin, pursued worldliness, uh, and, the, and all the other things in our world. Uh, Paul says, you're going to have to make a decision to put off that old man. This is something that you and I are going to have to do if we're considering the will of God, doing the will of God. Uh, we have to put off the old, uh, the corrupt. Uh, we have to put on the new and be renewed in, the, in our mind uh, uh, or get our mind converted, uh, changed into something else. That's something we do. God helps us, uh, but he's not going to do this one for us. 2 Corinthians 6, Jesus said, Come out from among them, be separate, and do not touch the unclean. So this is something that we, you and I do. Come out from among them, be separate, do not touch the unclean. Jesus said, I can't do that for you. But as you decide to do that, your mind uh, is being transformed, amen. Uh, and as it's being transformed, it's being changed into something different. It uh, gives you and I the strength to pursue uh, and do the will of God. Let me ask you a question. How's your mind tonight? Does it look more, does it look more like the world or more like Scripture? Does doubt or faith rule in it? Is righteousness or uncleanness its, its foundation? 
Is there dominion or compromise there? Faithfulness or faithlessness? Truth or lie? Uh, how's your mind tonight? Because how you, how you make your mind tonight uh, is going to determine if you're going to pursue and feel, fulfill the will of God for your life. Listen, gifting, knowledge, empowerment, uh, revelation cannot replace transformation. Slice it every want. Uh, I've known a lot of guys that are full of some revelation, but no more are they. They've, they've, run, they've run off to their own thing. Uh, and I say, man, them guys can preach, man. You guys can bring it down, but they ain't around anymore. But I know other guys that didn't have a whole lot of revelation, but they're still here. Their mind is set. I'm going to live for God. They have a transformed mind. Uh, they have the mind of Christ. They think like Scripture. They think like uh, they need to think. They're in the will of God, and they're doing the will of God. We need a transformation of mind tonight. Matter of fact, Ephesians 5, when Jesus comes back, he's not looking for the talented church, the gifted church, the church uh, that uh, shines. But the Bible says he's looking for the transformed church in verse 27, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spots or wrinkles or any such thing, uh, but that she should be without, or she should be holy without blemish. Jesus is looking. The will of God, I, I believe, is searching tonight for transformed minds. The will of God will find you. It will. I'm going to give you some examples in a moment. Uh, but will you, will you be able to pursue it and do it once it finds you? Look lastly at the price. The price is found in the first verse. Do not be conformed to this world. This word conform means comply with, fit in, adapt, adjust, follow the crowd, run with the pack, swim with the stream. So if we're going to do the will of God, we can't be conformed to this world in that sense. In other words, you're not always going to be able to run with the crowd and do the will of God at the same time. Many times they, you can run together. Uh, it's not always the will of God this way and the world this way. A lot of times you're able to work right beside. You're able to accomplish uh, life and the will of God. But there's times where the will of God goes this way and the, and the world's going that way. And it says here you can't have both. This word, uh, amen, do not be conformed or comply with fit in. Listen, there's going to be times where you have to make a decision straight up. The will of God or the world. I'm not going to adjust my Christian life to fit into this worldly thing, uh, but I'm going to do the will of God here. Paul said, be not conformed to this world. Matthew, or, uh, John 15, verse 19, Jesus giving his disciples some understanding here. An insight concerning, uh, 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 concerning when they make some choices and decisions for the will of God. Uh, amen. He says this, If the world hates you, you know if they hated me before they hated you. Uh, for if you are of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world... But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You know, he's talking about doing the will of God here. You're going to have to make decisions and choices they're not going to like. And if you're going to pursue the will of God, you're going to have to stand against uh, the world many times. Uh, you're going to have to go against the grain. Uh, they're not going to like that. They're going to voice uh, opposition to that. You know, hate's a strong word here. 
Jesus definitely got his point across. But it could be read as this. If the world doesn't agree with you or doesn't like your decisions, what are you going to do? If you say, I'm living for God, and the world, uh, you make some decisions to do that in your world, maybe your career job, maybe uh, your body, and others said, no, no, uh, we don't like that. What are you going to do? See, the world has a mindset. Go to school, after school to go to college, after college get a career, make all the money you can, then retire. That's the world. And there's not a whole lot wrong with that uh, if that's all, what you're going to do in life. But if the will of God runs against that, what are you going to do? And the will of God does run against that many times. Uh, and we're going to fulfill and do the will of God. Uh, listen, uh, they're going to hit. They're going to headbutt. When this is disrupted, the world is going to say a lot of stuff. I remember. I'm just going to give you a couple of testimonies. I remember refusing promotions. Because it meant Sunday work. Told so boss, "Ain't gonna do it." He said, "Oh, it's just another day." I said, "Listen, I don't work Sundays. You can have your own convictions. These are my—I do not work Sunday. I'm not going to work Sundays." Uh, matter of fact, uh, there was another promotion. He said, "You're gonna have to work Saturdays." I said, "I don't work Saturdays either. Saturdays, <laughs> Saturdays for outreach." And man, they tried to paint me in the corner. Tried to make me feel horrible. Uh, you're letting the company down. You're letting me because uh, because your church. Uh, listen, I go. Listen, uh, Jesus pulled me out of the sin. You've seen my life change. Uh, outreach means a lot to me. Church means a lot, uh, and I'm not surrendering them or giving them up for that. He goes, "This is going to cost you promotions and cost you leadership here." I said, "So be it." I remember I left a meat a meat cutting job. I was a meat cutter. And I did that job for years, and, I, and that's the job I'm just talking about now. But I remember there came a day I got a call from my pastor. He said, hey, there's a church opened up in uh, uh, Punk City, Oklahoma. That's where, that's where I've been discipled to do. I want to preach one day. And he says, listen, do you want to go to that church? Uh, 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 no guarantees. It's a small church. We don't even know if it's going to hang around. Uh, you're going to have to quit your job, go get another job, start life all over again. I said, I'll do it. I remember going back and telling my boss, listen, give my two weeks notice. Uh, I moved to Oklahoma, and they, they berated me. You're foolish. Uh, that's stupid. Why are you doing that? You're giving up a career, this and that. I said, listen, this is what I'm living for, man. Yeah, but, you know, they started asking me about the church. Yeah, I think there's 10 people there. Uh, they go, you're giving up all this for 10 people? I said, Absolutely. I remember my, when we went to Africa, my dad actually called Pastor Mitchell. He said, don't you have anybody else? You're taking my son. He's already went to Africa once. Don't you have someone else? And Pastor Mitchell said, he guys don't mind. See, I made up my mind a long time ago, the will of God. I'm doing the will of God, uh, and my mind is geared uh, for the will of God, and uh, listen, so uh, I've already made some of these decisions, uh, uh, and, and, but let me ask you, how's your mind tonight? Because listen, the will of God uh, and the world is going to collide at some point. I know some people here, you got out of the army, or you got out of the military, and your family said, stay in, son. Man, it's a good career, get all the money, get all the all the 
accolades, all that, stay in. Uh, no, I'm getting out to do the will of God. And how many, should, how many think, oh, we're so proud of you. No, they said, oh, you're stupid, that's dumb, that, 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 that. You know, they went on, right? Why? Because we don't think the same. That's what Paul's saying here. Listen, uh, if we're going to do, pursue the will of God and do it, uh, we're going to have to have a different mind. The, the, the will of God, I'm, I'm confident as well as Paul uh, and Scripture come that the will of God will find you, uh, but will you have the mind to do it? And will you be willing to pay the price for it? Paul said, be not conformed to this world. That's, that's more than just don't go drinking with them. That means uh, uh, don't be like them because, listen, the will of God in the world is going to split at some point uh, for your life. Uh, if you're too close to the world, listen, you're going to miss the will of God. You won't pay the price. Jesus said the will of God will cost you everything. Many people say, yes, Jesus, until the cost is too much. What would you do if Jesus said, give it all up and do this and that? In our scripture, Luke 9, let's see what happens here, verse 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road... That someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. That's such a great sermon. I'm going to do it, man. And Jesus said, and foxes, are the, foxes have holes and the birds theirs have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. There's a price to pay. If you follow me, uh, he's not saying you don't, you don't have anywhere to sleep. Uh, what he's saying, you may be called to places where, listen, this is going to be a hard life. It's going to be difficult. Uh, are you willing to pay that price? He said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go home and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. Jesus wasn't being hard there. There's reality there that, listen, the will of God has to be first. If you say, yes, Jesus, I will go, I will do this, uh, that has to be before everything. Another said to him, Lord, I will, go, I will follow, but let me first go home and bid farewell to those at my house, Jesus makes a statement, verse 62. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit or acceptable for the kingdom of God. Jesus said, You can't say yes to the will of God and be all in the world. You can't say yes, Jesus, whatever you want. Uh, but I ain't leaving this career job. Don't ask me that one. Don't ask me to get out of the army and stay in Newport News. Uh, don't ask me to give up everything with nothing, with no guarantees. Listen, you will never fulfill the will of God if you're always second-guessing. That's what's happening in our text. I'll do the will of God, but let me make some money first. Let me secure a house first. Let me do you say yes to the will of God, listen, know this is going to cost you everything. I'm talking time, place, education, career, could cost you everything. But there's no better life than the will of God. So you can have all the giftings and talents, but do you have the mind? Do you have a transformed mind that's all about Christ, all about the will of God, all about the kingdom, or is your mind still got its roots in the world. Are you willing to pay the price? Because I believe there's men and women in here that God can raise up and send to cities and nations maybe, and you're going to settle that right now. 
You can be able to settle it the day of, but you have to settle like Daniel and Shattering Mission. They said, hey, a long time ago, we decided we weren't going to defile ourselves. A long time before this image came up, we already made that decision. You can't make the decision of the, that day of. Amen. Well, Pastor asked me to go over here, there. Yeah, I'm all in. No, you should have made that decision a long time ago. Right? Amen. So talk about the will of God. I'm confident the will of God will find you if you're faithful serving. My concern is, do you have a transformed mind for the will of God tonight? Is the will of God everything? It has to be everything if we're going to pursue and fulfill the will of God. And are you willing to pay the price for it? You know, I wasn't the first one to ask to go to Africa. I forget how many people they asked to go before me, but I wasn't the first one. They asked the other guys, nah, I can't do it. Can't do it right now. We're going to maybe later. They missed God. We had revival. We had a great time. But see, we're just simply willing to pay the price. We already made up our mind a long time ago. We're in this for God. So I want to challenge you. Amen. If you want the will of God, and I believe you do, listen, you're going to have to mind for it, and you have to be willing to pay the price for it, but it's the best life you ever lived. Let's bow our heads tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed.